all stand together tonight if we will. Sing this with me. him tonight. We have a few uh, requests and also a testimony. We have Sister Debbie Miller. We uh, just got through speaking with Brother Ben and said she is doing so much better. We're so glad to hear that. Uh, it's probably been her our problem all along, but we still want to continue to remember her in our prayers that the Lord will just make her completely whole tonight. Also, uh, I had a blast to go out today for Brother Chris, uh, Brother Greg's friend and the baby, so we just want to remember that family in our prayers tonight and also um, somebody sister Ashley works with his name is Steve that just I think was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer so we will remember that request tonight God is mindful of each of these requests also uh, we want to continue to remember sister Melissa uh, sister Angelina's sister that had uh, had her leg amputated and we just pray that the Lord will just touch her and give her strength tonight and I'm sure there's many other needs. If you'll just make those known tonight, God sees our hearts and He knows what we have need of in this very service tonight, and He's mindful. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come and lead us in prayer. Brother. Hey, Jeff, come to have church tonight. Amen. Lay all of our burdens down and let's just get away tonight. Amen. No telling us what God can do. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, sometimes we don't take the time to tell you how much we appreciate you. Lord, tonight we're gathered together, Lord, in your name, Lord, to worship you, Lord, to sing the songs of Zion, to lift your name up, Lord, to worship you in truth, Lord. Lord, we ask you to come be welcome with us, Lord, and hear our cries, Lord, and hear our worship, Lord, and hear our praise, and be glad in it and rejoice in it, Lord, because we truly want you to rejoice. Lord, we have needs in our lives. Lord, we have needs in our families. Lord, so thankful for all that you've already done, Lord, and healings that you've given, Lord, and salvation that you've given and comfort that you've given to so many. But, Lord, we still have sicknesses in the church, Lord, and we lay them before you, Lord, and we ask you to move your hand upon them, Lord. And touch them, Lord, in a mighty way, Lord. Just move down afresh tonight, Lord, and every hand that was raised, you see their hearts, Lord, and you see what's upon their hearts, Lord, and their thoughts. 
Lord, we ask you to speak to each one of them, Lord. We ask you to touch Brother Mark, Lord, the musicians tonight, Lord, to lead us in a worship, Lord, into a spirit of worship. Lord, touch Brother Ben, Lord Jesus, tonight, Lord, and Lord, anoint him to speak to us what we would have need of, Lord, and to lift us up, to encourage us, to comfort us, to correct us, Lord. Let us rejoice, Lord. Let us worship you, Lord. Come be with us in this service. Take preeminence, Lord. Move in every way, Lord. We ask you these things in your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember my sweetheart tonight, too. She's not feeling well. She's had a little touch of bronchitis, I believe. So we just pray the Lord will touch her and give her strength tonight. Amen. Let's sing this together. I believe it's in Kia Band. Yeah. Oh, we are often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time. Somber skies and howling tempests off succeed a bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, when the mists have rolled away, we will understand it better by and by. Oh, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints, all the saints of God gathered home, oh, we To that blessed promised land But he guides us with his eye And we'll follow till we die For we'll understand it better by and by Oh, by and by When morning comes Oh, and all the saints of God Gathered home, oh hidden snares they often take us unawares and our hearts are made to bleed from any thoughtless word or deed and we wonder why the test when we try to do our best but we'll understand it better by and by oh by and by when the morning Savior died. 
to his name tonight. Amen. Give Jesus. Thank you, Brother Brad. God bless you. Well, I'm so glad he found me. In love he found me. Put his arms all around me. And he led me to the shelter. And now I'm walking. 
what they're still falling tonight so help me sing this the windows of heaven are open and his blessings they're falling tonight there's joy 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 in my heart since Jesus he made
happy that we can feast on the manna, and we know it's from above. Amen. Let's sing this. Oh, if you believe, you shall receive. There's not a trouble or care the good Lord can relieve. Oh, he is just the same today. All you got to do is trust and pray and believe. Oh, you must believe. Yes, if you believe, you shall receive. There's not a trouble or care the good Lord can relieve. Oh, he is just the same today. All you got to do is trust and pray and believe. You so simple for us all we have to do is just believe the promise is already given so let's just believe tonight Amen. let's sing this one more song oh God delivers again yes my God delivers So the key. 
testify you have seen God deliver again when things look so bleak and hopeless and you're at the end of your rope just tie a knot and hang on and God will deliver again he never fails Satan tries to make us so weak and make us to start disbelieving well God won't do it for you well why not he's done it for anybody else that receives his word for this hour and you abide and you by what God asks you to and you're you're, you're right on track with God. There's no reason for God not to answer your prayer. Amen. Amen. We'll let you have your seats tonight. We'll have our ushers to come and receive the evening offering. You just give to the Lord, and I know he'll bless you for it. Uh, don't forget, coming up uh, July the 27th through the 30th is the uh, tent revival in Columbia, South Carolina. And those that are wanting to go, I think they've posted now the... Uh, hotels on the back wall so you can take a picture of that and make your reservations and if you want to go to that meeting I'm sure you'll be blessed if you do I'm telling you what those people know how to worship over there and, and I love to worship with them amen sister Ashley I think has got a song for us tonight so sister Ashley if you'll come ahead sing for us
Jesus. I know his eyes on the sparrow. He watches us. I know I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Amen. We uh, are just so excited tonight to have Brother Ben to minister for us. He hadn't been with us in a little bit. We're looking forward to what the Lord has in store. And maybe he'll feel real good and sing a song for us, too. We don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what the Lord has got in store. But yesterday, I think him and Sister Samantha celebrated their anniversary for 25 years. And so we want to congratulate him tonight. Stick around long enough and you find out that songs you didn't know had more verses, they do. Amen. Surprise, surprise. I find out new stuff all the time. But anyway, let's stand together, if you will, tonight. Yes, we invite our precious brother Ben to minister what the Lord has laid on his heart. Get ready, clap. If you love him, sing it with me. And I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a wonderful opportunity it is to be in the house of God tonight. You may be seated. May the Lord bless you for just a minute. I'll, um, I'll take you up on that singing thing under one condition. You help me. <laughs> yeah, Sam, come on up. Amen. Sometimes it takes a Even the baby wants you to sing, Mark. We already have a worshiper.
it's been a while, but Lord, please hear my prayer. I need you now. I'm not afraid to say no. Sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes a trouble sea. Sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me. Trust you and believe. 
And you say praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Let's get right into the Word of God. Amen. What a privilege it is to be a Christian tonight. Can you say amen to that? If you have your Bible this evening, let's turn to St. John chapter 21. I'd just like to say what a privilege it is to be home again. I certainly appreciate Brother Joseph for allowing us to have the opportunity to come by and speak tonight. Amen. Brother Mark said... The road's hot. I said very, very, very hot. Amen. <laughs> but we're certainly thankful. Appreciate you praying for my mother-in-law. Uh, don't know how many knows exactly the story, how it all worked out. But the very last scan they were going to do, and they wasn't really putting a lot of stock in doing the scan, they found that, that carotid artery block, 99% block right here. And um, he wasn't even really looking for that particular part. He was looking at other things, and he said... Oh, let's just give it a look. When he did, he found it. And uh, they might call that good luck, good fortune, or something of that nature. I call it the hand of God. Amen. Yes, sir. So she's doing wonderful. And by the help of the Lord, you know, I told you, I testified to you. They said she had the heart of an 18-year-old. But they couldn't figure out why she's still having all those spells. Well, it wasn't the heart here. It was this part up here. So now that this is fixed, now Deborah's 18 again. <laughs> Amen. I'm just glad she's 18 this way and not the other way that some were looking for, maybe. But anyways, the, um, the doctors can be wonderful tools, but the Lord Jesus is the greatest tool of them all, isn't he? Amen. I want to look at St. John 21, verse 25. I want to speak to you this evening, the Lord helping us upon a continuation of the book. Continuation of the book. And I got in here dot, dot, dot. And that means it's still going on, still continuing. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose, now watch this, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Now, I wonder what copyright or trademark goes with that. I wonder what the argument would be about the push, play, and obey. There are so many things that Jesus did that the world can't even contain. I wonder who would get the trademark on that. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. Fact of the matter is, Jesus was inspired to do the works of God. And because he was inspired, it don't have to go in a book. Do you realize that when we are completely resurrected, changed, raptured, taken out of here, there won't be one Bible. There won't be a tape, there won't be a cassette, there won't be a CD, an MP3, MP4, or any other form of technology. When you're changed, you won't need a Bible. 
Well, you, you say, why? Because you will be that Bible. And all of the thoughts of God, even the things that are not written down here, will deposit themselves into your theophany. Your theophany will pick up the glorified, and you will know all things. Praise the Lord. Now, let's um, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 16, 17. One more, one more uh, reading here, and then I'll let you be seated. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Thank you for your prayers for me as well. I've been wearied and tired from a lot of traveling. So I got a little, I got maybe a week of vacation. Actually, my family got the vacation. I had to preach during it. Amen. So I think I got one day to sit in the sand and make a sandcastle. Other than that, I think that's about it. But coming this July, I think I'm going to try to get a little time. So pray for me, if you will, that I can get my strength back. Oh, don't be deceived. I'm going to preach like a house on fire tonight. Don't worry. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, correct, for correction, excuse me, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Now, this word in the Bible is not sinless perfection. It is not a life without mistakes. In the Bible, perfection refers to maturity. When a person comes to perfection in Christ, they're mature. They can make the right decisions. They know where to go, to, uh, how to pray up, and what to look for, what not to look for, what to overlook, and these kind of things. So it's not a place that we're going to arrive one day where all of a sudden we'll be so perfect we'll never make another mistake. But we'll arrive at a place of such maturity that if we do mess up, we know how to handle it. We know how to go what sources to go to, and so on and so forth. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, for people around this message that don't believe in inspiration, they're going to have a hard time even saying they believe the Bible. Because the entire Bible is a book of inspiration. Right. Now, look at this in the Revelation of Jesus Christ, this church age book. We, we know this quote backwards and forwards, but... This just jumped off the page at me a few days ago. Now remember this. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we so thank you this evening time, Lord, for the grace that you've shown to us, the mercy that you've given to us. As your children, Lord, we are most grateful for everything that you have done for our lives and how you continue to lead us and support us and Give us the strength that we need to continue being the people you want us to be. Now, Lord, it falls my lot tonight to be able to open the Bible and to yield myself to speak to these people. And I ask for your mercy and your help that I might get out of the way, that you could use me to speak to them. And then, Lord, would you open their hearts and their minds and their ears and their eyes spiritually that they might be able to receive that which you would speak tonight. Lord, may it be inspired word of God that we receive from thy hand and thy mercy as we thank thee for the gathering of the people tonight. And may you bless all of those that are traveling here and abroad in different places, Lord. And you see summertime here, Lord, and everybody getting their times of rest and things in. May we find that place of rest in you tonight. And Lord Jesus, we can settle and let off all the pressure and be just at peace with you. And we commit it to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things, both speaker and listener, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. 
You may be seated. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for standing with me a long time. I know you're tired after work or whatever. That's hard when a preacher gets you on your feet like that, ain't it? Amen. Amen. But you know, Brother Bram said we used to get our exercise in church. We were never meant to be lazy in church. I guess you know that. Church is workout time if you're worshiping right. <laughs> Amen. So looking at this particular um, passage in Timothy, I, wa- I want to lean on that for just a little bit before we get into the depth of this. And um, we know that a lot of times when we're speaking about the Bible, the message, the things of God, you know, there's a, a, a common phrase that we use a lot, and that is what Brother Ram said about say what he said, and say what the tape said, and things of that nature. And of course, now we're many years past the tapes, even from my side, and to the digital side of things, and now we have to, uh, you know, we pack it around on our phone and our tablets, and we got the message in every single form that a person would want it just about it, and yet we always tend to say, say what he said, say what he said, And that's wonderful, but to say what he said, you have to say it in the same spirit, the same anointing that he said it in. It's the same thing as if, you know, he said about Michelangelo, or he said John Dillinger, or some of those characters that uh, you could read about in the histories of uh, of time, where if I was going to be a painter, or a sculptor, a musician, or whatever it may be, he said the spirit of those people would have to be in me in order for me to do the works that they did. We know what Jesus said, that the works that I do, he said, I'll go away, prepare a place, I'll come again, and at that day, you will know that I'm in my Father, and that I'm also in you. And he said, the works that I do, shall you do also. Now, we see many, many, many impersonations of that down through the years. We see people that have impersonated Christianity right to the tooth. They, they know all of the walk, they know all the talk, they know how to replicate and reproduce all of the good things of the Bible. They can live their lives in a manner that uh, seemingly they look like Christians, act like Christians, talk like Christians, so on and so forth. But yet, at the very same time, in order to be a Christian, Brother Branham said, you must have the Spirit of Christ in you acting out or it's just an impersonation itself. Now, when he tells us that it would be a continuation of this great book of God, not just the book of Acts, but all of the other books of the Bible would be a continuation of the Spirit of the Lord. And remember, this same thing keeps happening even after we're gone. As in Daniel 70 weeks, Brother Ram said, even the spirit of Elijah and the message of this day, he said, would have a continuation spirit. It would connect over with the anointing in Israel, and Elijah would step out, Moses would step out, and speak to the children of Israel, amen, the 144,000, the message that we're enjoying here tonight, he said. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit has no stop to it. We know that. It's a continual thing. It's a running waters of the Lord, and it never stops at any given time. The church is nothing more than a continuation of the very thing that Jesus started when he was here. Now, understand that the, the, the relationship between whether it's in the book or out of the book can be a very fine line sometimes. Because you take a church or a group of people that, you know, they have a tendency to follow the message by, by the words on the page or by the uh, commandments of the word. And they follow that in such a way that it makes it very easy to replicate behaviors. It may, they, you know, they go to church, they pay tithes, or they do certain things that is Christian-like. 
And yet, at the very same time, they miss the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that takes the word that is a dead letter and makes that word come alive. And then on the other side of that, you've got the groups that are all about inspiration and visions and supernaturals and great things of God, and yet they never stop to check those things out with the book to see if they line up with the Word. So we must have a proper balance between not only knowing the Word, but being inspired by that Word. You see, friends, in my lifetime with music and singing and preaching and other things that I've tried to do for the Lord, I have learned one main successful key. If I'm not inspired with what I'm going to preach to you, you will never be inspired by it. And if I sing a song that I don't like, and it doesn't inspire me, I can most guarantee nobody will feel like wanting to sing or worship with it anyway whatsoever. It's got to enthuse you. And you've got to feel that something, that passion about it in order to communicate that to somebody else. The Word of God is the exact same way. If we lose our passion and we lose our inspiration and our excitement for the things of God, then the Bible itself just becomes a book that we learn out of. For us, it becomes no more than a dictionary, an encyclopedia, or some kind of a textbook out of school. Now, let's, uh, let's turn now to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. If you'd like to turn, I know some bring your Bible and you like to go there, but uh, they're going to put it on the screen as well. And uh, look, look at what, what, what Paul said about a Christian. Now, we know this to be true. <coughs> Pardon me. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, now that scripture by itself, it seems to be kind of a, uh, you know, really inspirational feeling. True. Don't forget that the same Bible says that a workman is to study to show themselves approved, rightly dividing the word of God. Notice it also said to have, (coughs) pardon me, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) Woo! I got choked, excuse me, (coughs) I'll make it no matter if the devil tries to choke me, I'm going to get through this. Now notice to have an answer for the hope that lays inside of you. We must know the word. But then we got to know the word. You know there's a difference in the two. There's a lot of folks that know the message so well that they can, with their eyes closed. Brother Bram said, the Bible said. The Bible said this, the Bible said that. But yet, does it excite you? Does it inspire you? Now, look, I got choked. Y'all didn't have to get choked. You stopped your amen. Honestly, (coughs) it is a thing where a person must become enthused and excited about the things of God. How can we become a people in this message that has so lost our inspiration until the Bible and the message become something we learn about rather than fall in love with? It should never have come to that. But that's the hour we're living in. Satan wants to make it this way. He wants to put us in a spot to where that we don't feel inspired by the truth. How long has it been since you opened up your Bible and read something and it so captivated you? Or do we have we arrived at a place to where now we read it and we say, oh, well, (coughs) good scripture. Sounds wonderful. I've heard that a bunch of times. Well, you know, Brother Joseph preached on that the other day. That's what the revival was about. 
And yet the inspiration of what we're believing and the inspiration of what we talk about, it starts to kind of bleed like, like a hole in the bottom of a bucket. And over time, these things start falling out of the bottom. It's just like a marriage. People know how to act married, but to really be married, you've got to be in love with the person you're with. Christ is the exact same way, brother, sister. You must be in love with the Lord Jesus, and he must inspire you every day of your life. Exactly right. Now, notice this in the message called Door of the Door. Now, watch what the prophet says. <coughs> Excuse me. If you knocked at the door, he said, if I knocked at your door, and you didn't come out and let me in, but just peeped out of the trellis, and you looked and said, oh, that's Preacher Branham. And go out, he said, I'll, I'll let him in some other time. You'll have an awful time getting me back again. <laughs> And I come to your door and you come to mine. I treated you that way. Be likewise. But not our blessed Lord. He's so good. I love this. That he said, I stand at the the door and knock. Continuation, Continuation of the things of God. He knocketh. Not just pecking around. But knocketh continually. Now, within our heart. We have many, many doors laying inside of our heart. Inside of our door of faith is probably an area that we don't visit very much. Faith requires us to kind of get outside of the box of reasoning. To move outside of that spot to where that we are completely in control And move into a place of being out of control. Come on, preach to me now. Faith is a challenge on a daily basis. Even though a lot of times, Brother Ram said it's such a simple thing. We use it to turn our car on or get through the day. And yet real faith can take you to places that goes beyond your imagination. And faith is something that comes through the channel of inspiration. Because remember what he said, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word. And all scripture is given by inspiration. So faith just doesn't come because somebody pushes play on a mechanical device and hears it. In order for them to truly be the recipient of faith. Hallelujah. They're going to have to have the inspiration that comes from behind that word. You know, it's amazing being raised on a message pew myself, how much I have learned by just being associated with the message. Look, friends, many of you have forgotten more about the Bible than some people will learn in a lifetime. Huh? Many of the things that we have fellowshiped around and partook of, such great things. Our young people in this church tonight could confound theologians. Upon what they know in serpent seed and Godhead. All they got to do is just repeat some of them phrases that they've learned since they've been children. And there's such powerful things that that the great minds of the world could never fully understand it. And yet all of that can come so common to us until we fail to continue to be inspired by it. I'll give you a good example of what I mean. Let somebody come out 
and just preach a simple message on Calvary. And you take somebody like that that comes and preaches, Jesus died for your sins. Now, don't raise your hand, but I wonder how many would be bubble dancing, running the backs of the pews, and jumping up and down excited for what they heard that evening. Or would some of you walk out, maybe people would walk out, not necessarily some of you, but maybe people would walk out of a sermon like that and say, you mean that's all he wanted to say? Well, I could have went to the Baptist and heard better than that. Ah, that's where you're wrong. If that servant of the Lord brought it by the inspiration of the hour, the simplest sermon you'd ever hear is the most beneficial one you could hear. (laughs) But we've lost that mentality because we're such deep people. We want to hear deep things. We want somebody to educate us about the seals and educate us about other things in the Bible because we think Being a knowledgeable Christian is the key to the rapture. And yet, Brother Branham said we would receive, at the very end, to go out of here, rapturing faith. Not rapturing knowledge. Rapturing faith. (coughs) Now, Jesus is going to do everything he can to keep knocking at the door of your heart. Brother, I'm so glad he don't give up. I'm so glad he doesn't turn me away and turn me out. My first little mistake or my 50th mistake. He says, oh, I'm done with you. That's the end. I'm so glad that he don't operate that way. But he said, if you came to the door and he said, I just peeped through the trellis. You see, that's what people are doing nowadays. Rather than open their heart and truly walk in faith. And let him have access to that door of faith. Don't forget, he is not our Lord if he doesn't have access to every room in our heart. We can give him our pride, Brother Mark. We can give him all of our gifts and everything that we, we can give him all of that. But if when it comes to the faith of God, we just kind of peep through the trellis. Oh, it's Jesus. I, I believe the message, Lord. That ain't good enough. You've got to open up the door. You've got to allow him in. And you've got to give him access to your inspiration. Words amen in case you've forgotten. Oh, but I'm scared of inspiration. Aha. Because we've seen so much foolishness and we've seen so much nonsense that we've put boards and we put padlocks and everything on that door of faith so supernatural things can't happen except for what little bit we allow. That's what I'm saying. That's peeping through the trellis. You realize every day of Brother Ram's life, some supernatural event occurred in his life? Why? Not just because he was a prophet. Not just because he was Malachi 4. Not just because he was Elijah. But because he had his door of faith flung wide open. And he said, Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm here for you to do it. And yet at the same time, message people have been so indoctrinated about Pentecost. That when it comes to anything inspirational, we are scared to death of inspiration. And yet, for me, I don't understand that. I mean, we've got everything we need right here in black and white to tell us what is true and what is not true. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, you don't have to be afraid of faith and inspiration and going beyond your own little boxes. Come on, church, preach to me tonight. 
Right? We don't have to be afraid of them kind of thing. We can open our door of faith and say, Lord, inspire me with anything you want to inspire me with. Where has our inspiration gone around this message? We've changed. Whether our people want to admit this or not, we have changed greatly. We used to write songs all the time. We used to sing things and uh, take some old song that's been sang a thousand times and put new little tunes to it and uh, try to make it special. Now we just attend church and we sing the same old thing and go by rote. Kind of like being in a certain type of assembly, a denomination where everything is programmed. And we don't write it down on a piece of paper around the message. It's our expectation that makes us more denominational than we realize. Because when we come to church, we expect a certain box. And if anybody gets outside of that box, it makes us so nervous we don't know what to do. (laughs) Y'all are looking at me, but I'm going to prove it to you right now. If I came out to preach to you tonight in a pair of jeans, overhauls, and a white shirt, no tie on, no jacket... I guarantee you that there'd be many of you who'd say there's nothing wrong with that, but how much would you get out of the service? Come on. You'd spend a lot of time investigating. Does Brother Ben not own a suit? Does he not own a tie? Why? We have programmed ourselves and conditioned ourselves that God looks like this. And if it doesn't fit within that scheme, then somehow we're just not comfortable with it. And that's what I love about Jesus. While all of that programming and denominational mindsets is going on, he's still standing right there at the heart of a real believer saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to open that door of the supernatural. How long are we going to peep through the trellises? The rapture's laying out ahead of us, friends. This is the hour, if there ever was an hour, This is the hour for us to fling every door wide open and say, God, take total control. If you want to use my eyes to see visions, here they are. If you want to use my mouth to speak in tongues or prophesy, here we are. My wife reminded me last night in a Bible study some year, about two years before, uh, before the here I stand, not the here I stand, excuse me, the believe the sign thing hit. She reminded me, and I forgot about this, but she went back and she was looking at some things. She said, do you realize that sitting there in that Bible study back in Manchester, do you realize you prophesied? You kept telling us for weeks something is coming to the people of this message and it's going to be a great attack and we need to be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know, I really don't remember saying those things, but now that you say it, I remember it. But you see, this is a, I'm using this as an example. This is where if we are yielded to the supernatural... He can forewarn us of things to come. He can protect us. How many in here get so tired of falling into the snares when Satan sets something before you and you just fall right into the trap? Anybody get tired of that? How about we open that door of faith and say, Lord, inspire me to know the devil's moves before he moves. He can do it if we'll just quit peeping through the trellis. That's what we do sometimes when we read the message. We hear all these great supernatural things. We say, well, you know, that's what Brother Branham did. And Paul did this and the disciples did that. We're peeping through the trellis. It's like we'd open up them shutters right there and we're just kind of looking through it. 
Man, that looked good. But do you realize that every single person in here, no matter your age, is a candidate for the supernatural of God? Doesn't matter what your age is. Doesn't matter your gender or your color or where you come from. Every one of us can be candidates for God's supernatural power. If we'll just let Him do it. But so many people instead of being led by the Spirit, are still peeking through the trellis. Well, you know, Brother Joseph can do that. Them preachers can do that. But yet, all the time, he's continually knocking, trying to get the elect of God to open their heart to the supernatural. You better, because the rapture itself will not be a course that you take. It's not a master class from Jesus. The rapture, the resurrection will be a supernatural event. It will come by inspiration of God. You might be out watering your flowers and inspiration will drop on you. Now's the time. You've read it in the Bible all them years. You've heard it preached all them years. But when it comes, it will come completely by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Oh my, where are people in this message going to be that are absolutely the kind of uninspired type people, intellectual type people that want to see everything on the page word by word by word? Can anybody find me the scripture that said William Branham will go to Sportsman Holla and create squirrels by the spoken word? You sure? How about y'all? How about you folks over here? Anybody can find me the scripture you're at liberty verbatim. Where the Bible said, William Branham, shout. That's the King James Version. (laughs) But yet, why was Brother Branham able to move into that channel of the spoken word? He tells us. He'd get out there by a tree early morning hours and lay up against it. When the sun be coming up, he said that something of God would start moving on him. Two plus two is four. Faster. Two plus two is four. Two plus two. The way he explained it is that the Holy Spirit would come rushing in on him. What was that? Inspiration. How did he know it was right? He was able to go back and prove all things by the word. Why do we remain fearful of so many things? Problems hit our home, hit our kids, hit our family, hit our finances, hit the church, hit this, hit that. And instantly we, 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 we cower in fear. But if we could break into this channel of true faith and inspiration of God, rather than be afraid, your faith would stand out there. And Brother Bram said, faith is like a man with great big muscles With hair on his chest that tells doubt to sit in a corner and shut up. But as long as we're peeping through the trellis, we're never going to be able to receive the kind of inspiration we need to punctuate the word. We can never be a continuation of the people that were inspired people if we don't move into that spirit of inspiration. Now, in Luke chapter 11 verse 10, The Bible said, everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You realize that's not just knock one time. But knocketh here represents continual. Never stops. 
You see, the reason that we find ourselves in a place that is so uninspired is because after we ask the first time or second time or third time and it don't happen, we get discouraged and we quit knocking. Amen. What we need to do is just keep on knocking. You know, kind of like if the devil tries to choke you when you start preaching, just keep on preaching. You'll work it out eventually. That's the reason why that many of the old time saints were able to find favor with God. Because they didn't stop at the first seeming failure of what they asked for. I'm persuaded to believe we give up way too easy. Come on, somebody help me. Way too easy we give up, way too quickly. God doesn't move as fast as we move. (laughs) Watch here, St. John chapter 4, verse 11. Talking about the woman at the well now. Now watch this. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence has this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well to drink, therefore him self and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, watch, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Next verse, if you go down and keep reading, but whosoever shall drinketh of this water shall receive eternal life. Did you notice the word is not drink, but drinketh? You see, there's this idea around our ranks that in order to get right with God, it's a one and done thing. You come to the altar, God does some great big one thing, and then it's over with. But in order to truly get what you want from God, you got to keep on drinking. Just like her. She didn't just have this one experience at the well side, but she kept on drawing, she kept on drinking until she was able to receive everything that God had promised her. She dropped her water pot, she ran into the city and said, come see a man that told me the things I've done. So where does this idea come from? That if I want to get something from God, I just ask and walk away. Thank God Jesus ain't got that mentality with you and with me. I asked him to be a son of God. He said no the first time. Well, I go on to the next one. Thank God he just kept on knocking. (laughs) I'd have been a mess and so would you. But This is a principle that we can learn how to get ourselves out of the way just like her. He or she who drinketh of this well. Keep on drinking. If a person comes to the altar, it's camp season. Young people go to the altar, they pray, they pray through, they cry, they shout, they run. Thank God. Hopefully parents and all of them are down there. But it doesn't stop there. You go from that camp meeting back to your church, back to your bedroom, back to your prayer closet, and you just keep on going. And you keep on feeding that inspiration. Because many times if we just drink once and walk away... Jesus gave us an analogy of that. He that puts his hand to the plow and then turns around and looks back is not even worthy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Not even worthy of the gospel. Now, notice again in a message called, Do You Now Believe? The brother said, Now some men see visions. Some go by inspiration of presentment. 
It's an interesting quote. Sometime you'll find this exact phrase in the message like this. He said, the Holy Spirit will say to a pastor, move to the other city there. Though they don't got money over there and they're in need. But I want you over there. He don't wait for a vision because that's not his ministry. He just goes over there and God gets as much as it being a vision. So here, this individual that Brother Ram is describing just simply moves by the inspiration. A situation will open up before him and all the green lights are there. He doesn't have to hear an angel speak to him. He doesn't have to see a vision before his eyes. He just knows everything is right. And he moves according to that. Now, friends, I'm persuaded that if we would stop and just wait to see if the Lord is opening up all of the doors before we make decisions. Inspiration can show up in many different forms. You know, if the Lord would put a roadblock before you or stop you in some way, you got to figure out, is it God or the devil? If it's Satan, you just keep pressing right on through it. But if the Lord just keeps laying that thing before you again and again and again, and you know that something's not moving, the inspiration of God is showing you it's not going to work. Just like courting, dating, and relationships and things like that. If every time a boy gets around a girl, he feels miserable, and every time she gets around him, she feels miserable, that's enough to let you know something ain't working. Because when you meet the right one, like I did 25 years ago yesterday, one thing is absolutely for sure. It's like you step out of eternity together. Something clicks in you and something clicks in her, and it's right. Everything lines up. It's perfect. You take some of these young people and, and, and people alike, not just young people. You take people alike that start getting involved in relationships and they sneak behind the daddy's back and they sneak behind the family's back. They got to meet privately and talk on the phone in the middle of the night. Well, that alone tells you that something ain't right. You know, creatures of the night do things in the middle of the night. But we're not children of the night. We're children of the day. And he or she who has no shame does it in broad daylight. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right. So inspiration can come this way. Now, Brother Ram is talking about the Methodist church whenever they started moving from Methodist into Pentecost. Brother Ram said, you got so starchy and got away. He said, now, not you dear children, but your pastors. He said, because they began to think more of theology and doctrines than they did of letting the Holy Spirit have its way. And if that ain't where we are, tell me where we are. Where a message person can become so caught up in the doctrine and theology of the message of the hour that they just lose the inspiration altogether of letting the Lord lead them daily. You say, is that possible? Sure it is. Many people will operate by intellectual I've heard him do it. Well, the prophet said it. I guess it's okay. The prophet may have said it, but that doesn't mean that applies to you right now. You've got to have the mind of the Lord of what applies when, how, and where. Amen. And that's where God, by inspiration, can lead you. Now's the time. Now's not the time, et cetera, et cetera. You see, if people had this kind of inspiration, there wouldn't be all the debates about coloring hair and jewelry and all these other things you hear. 
Why do people get petty like that? Because they've left the leadership of the Holy Ghost. They've cut inspiration off completely. A man or woman of the Holy Ghost don't have to be told how to live right. God teaches them how to live right. If they get on the line, a preacher will preach them right back in the line. That's for sure. Especially if something they're ignorant of. But they'll know all along something wasn't right. God leads his dear children along. Can you say amen to that? Now, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. I love this. The testimony of our conscience. That in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, amen. We have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. So the testimony of our conscience. You see, this is where they overcome by the word of their testimony. If it comes from the testimony of their conscience. Because the prophet told us you can speak this out here, but the man in the engine room saying something different, you still ain't got it lined up right. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. And something down there going, no, you ain't. Uh-uh. Not yet. You ain't right. You know this. You not. But when the testimony comes from the simplicity and the pureness of your own conscience, something in you tells you you're a believer. Then you can open your mouth and say, I am a believer. What is that? The continuation of the book. Now you've got the branch putting forth another. But until then, all you've got is a bunch of grafted affairs. Grafting in this, grafting in that. bunch of people peeping through the trellis. Brother Brennan said, the Bible said, he done this, he done that. You see, there would be no believe the sign or any of these other critics if message people were spiritual. Amen. There would be none of this foolishness moving around the ranks of the message if people were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Why do they fight? Why do they argue? Why do they debate? Because they're carnal. They're not spiritual at all. They spend all their time. Brother Ram was a liar. Brother, I just come from a place just the past weekend. Well, the associate pastor just stood up and announced that he was leaving the message of the hour. They asked him why. He said, because Brother Branham was a liar. And I said, you know, to me, a person that had been raised in the message had spent all their time preaching the message of the hour. And yet, something deep inside of you as a Christian, you know when that person's a hitchhiker and when they're not. Inspiration tells you. When you've really met a believer of like faith. But children of God, if we remain intellectual where this message is concerned, it'll just suck any inspiration we ever had completely out of us. And when you take inspiration from the people of God, you take the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the powers of God, divine healing, and everything around you, you take it away when you lose inspiration. Mm. Demonology, Brother Bram said, I came out of school about 25 years ago. It's a long time. I didn't have much in education. But all that I know I received through. Really? Well, I'm going to say what he said. Say what he said. Say what Brother Bram said. Okay, let's say what he said. If everything he received came through inspiration, how in the world 
Do I think I'm going to be able to regurgitate it, repeat it, or state it again if it don't come the same exact way to me? Because the inspiration will clench it in your heart. <laughs> It'll give you such an absolute until nobody could talk you out of it. It's just like I was telling over the weekend. You know, the big argument about the cloud being rocket shit smoke and things like that. Back all the way in the 80s when I was a 12-year-old boy flying kites with my dad. Sky just as Ohio blue, clear, not a cloud in the sky. My kite took a nosedive and I ran over to go pick it up. I was just 12 years old. And I turned around and looked at the trees. And on top of the trees was them seven angels sitting there looking at me right in the face. Not a cloud, cloud. A ring, just like you see in the photo. And I knew what it was because I was raised on a pew where I had that picture on a wall. And I stood there and looked at that for 30 years. I wondered why the Lord let me see that until the debate about the cloud came up. And I went, oh, thank you, Jesus. Because they can prove anything they want to prove. But these eyes have seen different. That don't come through book learning. It comes through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. How could Martin sit there and look at this angel or this creature or this supernatural being standing there with a crown on his head? Don't you know me, Martin? I'm your Lord. He said something about that just didn't seem right. Thank God. Because inspired people of the Holy Ghost, they look at it. He said he went and looked at the word and said, get out of here, Satan. As the Bible said, the saints would crown him. He wouldn't have no crowns on his head. (laughs) Inspiration will save you, young people, from a lot of heartache. Praise his name. A little bit further and I'll quit. Watch this now. Faith once delivered. Brother Bram says, I only speak by inspiration. And inspiration is just when you find it here. You grab it and hand it out. It's over here and you reach and you get it and hand it out. And it may be old-fashioned sassafras way, but it'll do you good if you keep it. (laughs) He said, it'll stick to your ribs and hold you. It saved me and it'll save you. Who in here wants to be saved? So don't come just by, I believe the message. Brother Bram said, the Bible said. There must be something inspiring about the message. If it doesn't enthuse you or inspire you, all you're doing is spinning your tires in the mud. You say, Brother Ben, that kind of sounds like the get in or get out kind of preaching. That's exactly what I'm doing tonight. Because the fact of the matter is, all of us, have to face this what I'm preaching at some time in our lifetime we're going to have to come to the conclusion either this word inspires me or it doesn't praise the Lord (laughs) you take a man preaching you take an individual that's, that's bringing a message to folks you know preachers bring notes to the platform But that don't mean I have to use them. As a matter of fact, if my boss leads me off them notes, I'm going his way, not mine. That is when preaching is the most effective. But you know, preachers can learn how to preach. There's enough exposure now. They can watch guys on the internet. They can sit in church and study men. 
and start doing what they do and acting like they act. They'll say the right things, do the right things, but there's just something not ringing the bell somewhere. And then you take some poor old fellow, he can barely even hardly talk. He gets up here and he goes, hi, y'all, how you doing? But some inspiration strike and it changes the whole scene around you. That's the kind of preachers we need in the pulpit. We need inspired, inspired preachers that know how to follow the mind of the Holy Ghost. Sirs, we'd see Jesus. Excuse me, we would see Jesus. He says, the thing of it is, friends, the human mind today, now watch this, without the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, don't know what compassion means, neither do you know what love means. Compassion is doing the will of God. True love of God can be corrective. And yet you take a mom or a dad that's correcting somebody in their home and they're they're yelling, they're fussing, and they're pitching a fit about a certain thing. Some of these ladies are seeing people, these people standing off, the woke ones, you know. I wish they'd go back to sleep. They've always got some ridiculous opinion about, oh, you shouldn't talk that way, and you're going to damage your children, and you're going to psychologically ruin them. We don't raise our kids by psychology. We raise them by inspiration. Because you see, the Bible said if you beat them, they won't die. Right. Woo! You ain't going to find that in none of our modern day textbooks. I challenge you. Go find it. You don't have to tell you, you whip your kids, you'll ruin them. But you know it's amazing to me. They can say that all they want, and they can say that they've got proof. But I'll guarantee you one thing. You take a child that's smarting off, running its mouth, won't stop sassing its mom or its dad... And you give it a good licking, it doesn't make sense to anybody. But the message gets across by the time the thing is over with. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to go out there and lay out 12 manuals and show them the why. That hand in my mouth was the why. That red face on that red face I had, that was the why. I didn't have to understand why. I just had to get in line with what was done. You take our generation today, they ain't never been whipped in their life. Nobody corrects them, nobody gets in their face and says nothing to them. And if they do, they do it without the inspiration of love. As you can scream and holler and carry on and still not be effective. It takes the inspiration of God to make it stick. And look at our generation of people. We got some of the sorriest, babiest, petted people. And you can tell there are people in our message ranks that have never had a good whipping. You can tell. You can tell. Because the preacher can preach and look right at them and they'll get mad. And they'll, they'll be a whole lot more fussy than any little baby you can lay your eyes on. And them 85 years old. <laughs> Come on. Why? Their inspiration of correction is removed from the home. And when love is removed, what happens? Okay, pulpit delinquency is the exact same thing. You take a preacher that loses the inspiration of bringing correction and straightening the thing out and showing them in the Word how it operates, look at the church. There's not a spiritual one among them. 
carnal and petty and backbiting and have all kinds of fights. Get you some good old sassafras-inspired, Holy Ghost-filled pastor, evangelist, teacher, apostle, or prophet. Woo! When the Holy Ghost moves, them children know how to operate. Because <laughs> they've been set on fire before. <laughs> right. And service, we'd see Jesus and I said, we find out those fishermen, Peter and John, and healing the man at the gate, beautiful, was able to answer any question that the Sanhedrin had asked of them. And yet they, with their ignorance and their unlearned. Now you imagine some of these scholars and these people putting questions to those men. Peter has two books in this Bible that he couldn't even write or read himself. He had to tell somebody what God had put on his heart and somebody scribed it for him. And yet when they called them before the great kings and the leaders of the day, you know what Jesus said? Don't even take thought for it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to make it work. Oh, Jesus, don't you think we ought to go back into the law of Moses and prepare some theology? Don't even think about it. Well, why? Because in that hour, hallelujah, the Holy Ghost will put it in your mouth what you need to say. Amen, amen. Just like Brother Brown when he was talking about that fellow uh, in that, that meeting in marriage and divorce. He said when he was standing out there watching this guy talking about the missing link and all these other things. And he said, before I could even think, he said, I spoke it out. He said, where is that missing link? And he said, before I could think, he said, it's the serpent. You listen to him on marriage and divorce. He goes, hey, man, that's exactly what it was. He said, God changed every bone in his body to hide that mystery of who he was. What a reasoning it must have been to think of a, a whale's throat being too small to swallow a prophet. Well, see there? Brother Bram standing there looking at the chart of it. A golf ball couldn't even fit through that thing's throat. He said, excuse me, sir. He said it wasn't, a, the Bible didn't say it was a whale. He said it was a prepared fish. As you see, when God built that one, he built him with a prophet-sized throat. <laughs> Amen. What was it? Inspiration of God. Do you understand? Many of the times that we don't know the answer, that's the last time. That's the worst time that you start running to find a reasoning or an intellectual solution. Just stop thinking about it. Just throw your door of faith open and say, okay, God, in that hour, I'm looking for the right answers and the right words. Lead me, inspire me about what to say. <laughs> Last statement, we'll close here. Brother Brown said, in my commission, now I'm just your brother by the grace of God. And when the angel of the Lord moves down, it becomes then a voice of God to you. Right. Brother Brown, you hear him stuttering around. He said, maybe, uh, uh, he said, if I offended you by saying that, forgive me. But I felt that might be resented. And then you hear him, but I am God's voice to you. He said, see, I say that again. That time was under inspiration. He said, see, I felt bad about it the first time. But it repeated it. <laughs> That's the times that I believe God comes on the scene for you and I. We can quote the message, quote the Bible. The devil's got us in a great trial. We're being overwhelmed and overcome with everything that moves. And we'll quote the word, quote the word, quote the word. And there's a difference whenever you quote it. But when it quotes it, look out, devil. Now you're getting down to some real material. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Because inspiration comes from your studying to show yourself approved. Inspiration comes from your prayer life and reading your Bible every day. How are you going to know what to do and what is right and what ain't right if you ain't studying the Word? But we've got to be careful not to get so deep into that. That we've got to have an answer in triplicate, linear, one, two, three, four, five. You know, many of the solutions in our life can come easier if we just stop trying to figure out where they fit. Friends, the puzzles of our lives aren't up for us to put the pieces in the right place. It's up to Him to piece together the things that matter. It's easy to do the other thing, though. You ever got into a temptation? You start quoting a word, quoting a word, quoting a word. You start talking to yourself. Now, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil. You ever start going to those places and it seems like nothing happens? You know why? Because you're doing every bit of that without any inspiration behind what you're doing. But you see, that's when we should get alone with God and just pray. And just lay there before him and say, God, I need you to quicken this word to me. You say, why? Isn't the Bible enough? No. The letter killeth and the spirit giveth life. And the letter has killed many people. Because they try to take it on without any inspiration at all. He said, I felt that might have been resented. But I am God's voice to you. Said the exact same thing right before that. Same thing here, same thing here. He didn't even change the way he said it. But this time, he said it was under inspiration. You know, you learn songs. You sing them. You sing them and you sing them in a certain way and you sing them in a certain way. You know, I'm always careful when that happens. Because a lot of times uh, you get into a rhythm of singing things in a certain way and all of a sudden it becomes a routine and then you're just doing it because you know that's the way you do it. So you know what I like to do? Throw something different in every now and then. If there's any gray hairs in that woman's head, it ain't because of my kids. It's because in a platform with about 400 people in front of her, I'm singing things that she ain't never practiced before. I can't even follow you. I said, Samantha, stay under inspiration. And you know when she does? She don't miss a beat. She's right there with me every single step of the way. I'll tell you what I did just the other day. I had a, a file of sermons. I'm talking gigabytes, terabytes of information that I had studied. And I sat down the other day and I took my mouse and I went drag, trash can, deleted everything. Everything I'd ever studied for better than 20 years, deleted it all. No, I'm not leaving the message. Don't get scared. I'm not going to quit preaching. But I saw myself a repeating pattern of things. And I thought, you know what? It's time for this old boy to get some new inspiration. I got studies laid out and things I laid out in a certain way. If you're careful, you'll even program yourself into thinking in a certain rhythm. So I started reading the Bible from different places, reading it at different times, and starting fresh with every sermon I've ever preached. You say, don't that scare you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sure it does. But it also makes me open my door of faith up and say, okay, Lord, here's where I'm depending on you more. 
than what I was. That tablet of mine right there can hold a lot of information. At one point, before I did the little delete, the great delete of Op 23, that's what it should be named. Before I'd done that, I could have stood on this platform and preached for six months straight and never took a breath. Just preached all the way through it. I had enough sitting right there on that tablet. I could have preached for months at a time. And I'd go to preach somewhere and I'd feel led of a certain thought. And I'd go through and I'd search. I'd say, okay, that. And i hit that. It was a good sermon. The message was good. The things I was saying, they were wonderful because they're the Word. But I thought, that's become a little bit too easy for me. We need to mix things up a bit. Some of y'all thought I was crazy, and now you know I am. Look at, your, look at your marriages. Look at your families. You do things in a certain way. It creates a certain expectation. And before long, you start seeing the passion and the inspiration disappear. Hey, for some of you brothers that don't know how to say I love you or buy a thing of flowers or, you know, be romantic, just try it one time. But make sure you have somebody with a phone in their hand and 911 at the ready. You're liable to surprise her and kill her at the same time. But just watch and see how something that simple, just one change, can bring an inspiration upon people to make them feel different and look different. So I tell folks, when it comes to worship, if you're used to raising up your right hand, put your left one up for a little while. If you hop on your right and left foot, then walk a little while. Don't get in a rut. Because that is nothing less than denominationalism. And if we're going to be people that continue this book, then we've got to be people of inspiration. Thank you for putting up with all my hacking and coughing and screaming and the rest of it. God bless you. Let's stand together. We better get ready to have a prayer line Sunday in case some of these brothers try some of that. We may have to be praying for heart trouble and everything. <laughs> Brother Joseph's going to be on his phone and ring. You ain't going to believe what happened. I almost died. <laughs> but changing things up, don't get in a routine. Don't get in a rut. That kills a Christian walk quicker than anything. Remember the children of Israel when they started seeing the loaf, the loaf bread, the light bread, the, the manna from heaven fall? Can you believe they're seeing a supernatural event day after day? And their words are, I loathe this light bread. Even supernatural things can become tedious and repetitive. That's why God puts you in a law sometimes. And you're as dry as an old stick in the middle of a drought. And you're thinking, Lord, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. He just knows if he keeps on blessing you like he was, you're going to be absolutely, completely common to it, and you'll stop appreciating it. Now, y'all just getting loosened up for me to preach to you now, and we got to quit. Thanks a lot. (laughs) But think about how Jesus does us. When he comes and he, 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 he implores of us, he just... Continually. He doesn't stop. 
Lord, I'm afraid of it. It's it amazing. Over the weekend, the pastor's wife, she's a wonderful lady, a godly woman. She's a very quiet, backward type person. You know, most of the people up there, they got that German type nature of them, like Shorty over there. They're all kind of backward, that German nature. I'm talking about my wife, if you didn't know who Shorty was. <laughs> They've all got that quiet, backward, German type thing about them, and that's a nature. And let me guarantee you one thing. Samantha might be quiet-natured, but you let the Holy Ghost hit her, she'll clear out two rows right through there. You better watch. You see her start shouting in the Spirit, put your hard helmet on, put your football pads on, and get out of the way. Because when she turns loose, she turns loose. And this sister, she's real quiet and backward like that. And while I was preaching this very thing this weekend, she said that at supper that night, she said, Brother Ben, something so strange happened to me tonight while you was praying for a certain brother. She said, I felt to just scream. And she said, all these years I've served God, I've never felt like that. I said, you know what it is? I said, that message, the word of God being preached, got into a spot in you to where it started opening that door of faith up a little bit more than what you were used to. She said, well, I didn't know what to do. I said, scream, that's what you should have done. (laughs) But see, if you fail there, don't let it discourage you. Because Jesus isn't going to stop knocking if you miss that opportunity. He's going to come right back around again and give you another one and another one and another one. Friends, listen to me as I close. Preachers are liars. We'll tell you we're going to close. We ain't. There's no excuse for any of us not to worship God ever. Ever. There's never an excuse for us to not worship God. All it takes is for us just to open that door of faith up enough and just let him help us get loose. But you know, Sister Shirley, for worshipers like you and I, we got to be careful too. Because amening and praising the Lord, it can become a habit, a routine. That's why I want my amens, if they're frequent or they're loud or I'm emotional, I want it to be sincere. And, and not just for me, but compliment the entire flow of the service as well. Because I've been in churches where they can really amen and pull. And they're louder than I am. I don't think the Lord does it that way if you ask me. Because how could they be more anointed than me? So even in something like that, you look at people and you say, Oh man, I wish I could worship like that. But that can become just as common. (laughs) Oh, you say it couldn't. Yes, it can. Because you could be natured a certain way and just keep repeating that same thing and doing that same thing. And before you know it, you start getting into a rut with it. So if I'm amen, 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 next week I'm hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Then a week after that, glory, 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 glory. And then after that, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. you got to keep changing things up to keep it fresh so that you can remain inspired. Sing some. Praise the Lord. You love the Lord. Still love me? Am I still in the club? Okay. Oh, and I'll say Bless yes, Lord, yes. Yes, amen. To your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. Oh, I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me with my
together. Father, thank you for the service tonight. Thank you for the attentiveness of the saints. Thank you for their patience. Take the word and bless it to a stone. May we be able to walk out of here new people. May Lord Jesus, fresh, exciting, passionate things, inspirational things. May they just like the sister testified, may there just be strange things begin opening up in us. Lord, help us quit peeking through the trellis. Help us open every door of our heart in this door of faith that you can start moving supernaturally even more in our lives than you have before. Protect us on the road. Keep us safe. Watch over us and may you bring us back to your house if it be your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus we pray. And all the saints said amen Amen. and amen. How, How many wants what I preach tonight? How many wants it with all your heart? Amen. Do it like this. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm just going to raise my hands to you. This is my confession. I'm claiming it. I'm believing it. I'm receiving it. I'm opening every door of my heart, faith and all, and asking you to move in a great way for me. I'm committing it to you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the house of God. And all the saints of God said, Amen. God bless you online. Sunday morning, the Lord willing, back in the service again. Have a good night. We'll see you next time.